0: Everybody, praise the Lord. Everybody, praise God, praise God, amen, amen. Praise God. Well, you better watch out, devil, getting Sister French mad. I'll tell you what, she'll come after you. So, it's so good to be in the house of the Lord today, and God is in this place in a mighty way. Something very powerful is happening. Now, we're looking at Matthew 14, 22, and straightway. Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. It was alone. And the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth Watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. I'm preaching today from the subject, the master of your midnight storm, the master of your darkest hour. Praise God. Could you put your Bibles down and let's? Let's pray together, shall we, before we get into the word of the Lord. Let's ask God to anoint his word right now. Father, show this day that you are the master of the wind. Help us to turn to you in faith, for you are Lord of all, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Lord, have your way and deliver today from sin and pour out the Holy Ghost right here in Jonesboro. And we give you praise. And everyone said amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for standing. Now, there were other storms in the Bible that were day storms, but this was a night storm. And the Bible is very clear to uh, point out that this was a storm that for particular reasons, they ended up very unusual. There weren't any chartered vessels going across in, in the middle of the night. It was Jesus said, let's get out of here. They were trying to make him king and. So he said, let's go get on the ship and I will meet you. Uh, Go on to the other side. I'm going to go up into the mountain and pray by myself. This was after one of the most amazing miracles in Jesus' ministry. The feeding of the 5,000 with only a few loaves of bread and fish. And after that wondrous working miracle of God right before their eyes, And in their hands, as they broke the bread, it would literally multiply in their hands. Has anybody felt the Holy Ghost here in this place today? God is in this place because he is real. No matter what the devil does, no matter what the devil says, he is a liar. And he cannot stop. He cannot stop what God is doing. And as they handed the food to the hungry, the Bible says that Jesus constrained them to get into a ship, and I've just explained why he had to say, let's go, let's go. It was like, I I can't, uh, don't wait, we've got to go, because he knew their hearts, and he knew they were getting ready to forcibly make him king, and so he slipped away so that this would not happen. And uh, they didn't even have five minutes to bask in the wonder of the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. Here they were, just a handful of men, and uh, they suddenly realized there were no McDonald's anywhere nearby. There was no, uh, no one that could feed them. There was no way to get food to them. We're going to have to send them the way. They're going to have to journey somewhere and find food. And Jesus said no. And, of course, that's the miracle. Uh, the previous miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. And I, I want to say today in, in directly in opposition to the, the voice of the enemy that though he says we are in a generation that cannot be fed, God has a plan that is going to take care of the hungry. And God has a way to reach the heart that is completely without God today. God is able to reach them. And he was able that day to... To feed the five thousand, but they weren't able to pat each other on the back and say, "Oh man, we just look what we just did." They just had to jump on the boat and go to the other side, and they were thrust into the middle of a midnight storm. But even in the midst of that, Jesus was there. Can you say, "Praise the Lord"? Jesus was there even in this moment. Now, it is, is of course true that. Uh, and, and I do apologize for uh, for my jet lag. It's been a little bit, uh, you know, I, I'm not as young as I used to be. I know I look super young, but I'm not as young as I used to be. I used to could fly clear over there, and uh, actually, if you jump on a plane in Atlanta, you could be to, uh, let's say, Seoul, Korea. You could be there in 12 hours, 13 hours. That's not the hard part. It's when you're jumping on this plane and trying to get over to another plane and all of that. But uh uh, so I'm, I'm just a tad uh, woozy and, and voiceless. But we all know that it is the most difficult time to navigate the storm when it engulfs us in the darkness of night. When we are in daylight, I mean, I'm not saying it's easy. I've been in both. I've been in storms on the sea of, of different types, and, and uh, I won't bore you with that. But when it is darkest And uh, I'm talking to someone here today because the devil has made you believe that the darkness of your hour is going to keep God from being able to find you. But I am telling you today, no devil can stop the God that we serve. He is able to help us and he is able to guide us. Many of you have been in the winds of a night storm. You're in the midst of it now. You don't know if you're going to be able to salvage the the pieces of your life. Because the devil has brought you to the midnight hour. And it seems as though no one knows you're there. Many have been brought by winds to the night storm. And I want to remind you gently here today that like the apostles on the sea, we learn in the midnight hour of our lives. There is something very powerful to learn in the darkness of our lives. When the doctor told Sister French and I that our little two-year-old son had cancer, I cannot tell you that I could clap my hands and rejoice. It was very difficult to clap my hands. But I can tell you that God is there in your midnight hour. He knows exactly what you are facing. And the greatest lesson we learn in the midnight of life is to walk by faith. Rather than by sight. Praise God. Some of you are here today. You don't even know why you're here. But I know why you're here. The Holy Ghost has brought you here. You think you came because of this one and so and so told him and he told you. But you're not here because someone just happened to mention it. You're here because God has a destiny for your life. And he knows exactly where you need to be. To walk by faith when it is dark all around is to no longer depend upon your own ability to see and to know what is around you. Now, it is also true that the Lord sent them ahead. That is, he knew what he was doing, and he sent them years and years ago when when, uh, as I just referred a moment ago, we were going through cancer with one of our children, and I'm trying not to embarrass them. My children are in this church, um, but uh, it, it was a, a time when I was particularly troubled. I I even told the Lord, Lord, I, maybe maybe I made a mistake. Maybe maybe, Lord, something's wrong with me, and maybe I, I'm not even supposed to be doing what I'm doing. I was pastoring at the time in Chicago, and and the devil was so angry and. Uh, and, and he attacked uh, in this particular way, and and I, I will never, I will never forget wondering and asking God, why, why, Lord, why, why is this happening? And and uh, I won't go any further, but it was a tremendously uh, difficult time in our lives. And uh, young preachers in Chicago, and trying to to believe and trust God, and I and and I just told somebody, "Well, we're going into Chicago. We're going to rip the devil's heads off." You know, you, you don't talk like that. Oh well, anyway. So I was, uh, you know, I I don't I wasn't trying to be silly, but I said, "I'm going I'm going to Chicago, and I'm gonna um." There's ice in that water, y'all. I'm sorry. Um, I'm going to rip the devil's head off. I meant that spiritually. I mean, I wasn't trying to be uh, silly. That we were just going to go in. We were going to preach. God was going to give us survival. Well, all of that happened. But it made no sense to me that we would go through Uh, Some years with, uh, uh, I mean, I, I never dreamed we'd ever face cancer with a little baby. It was just unbelievable. And it was, it seemed impossible. What I'm trying to tell you today is that there are many times when God sends you on ahead and you don't know what it is that his intentions are. I'm talking to somebody here today. You don't understand what God is doing in your life. You don't know why it is you're facing what you're facing. And I am here as a man of God. I am telling you that he knows exactly what he's doing. He's got a plan. And God is getting ready to show you what it is. Somebody ought to praise God here this morning. Somebody ought to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I was the very first member of my family. Well, my grand, my grandmother, my aged grandmother. She was the first, but I mean, uh, she. I'm talking about my immediate family that uh, that came into Pentecost, and they all said, "Oh, they're wild, they're wacky, they're weird." My brother was on heroin so bad he was he was so messed up. He was selling. Uh, our kids were upstairs. He was selling. Uh, well. We might ought to leave that for another story. Uh, He was, he was. I can't tell that from here. He was involved with children in schools uh, getting them the drugs that they should never have been involved with and the devil thought he had him a victory in a young man whose life was ruined by drugs. One day he fell into a heap there at the University of Michigan he had overdosed in the, and the needle was still in his arm. He fell in a snowbank and the devil thought I got him now but I got news for you. God is big than the devil and every devil that ever stepped foot in this universe God knew exactly what he was doing And when he nearly died of an overdose he got back in the car and he said wait a minute because we my folks had divorced years before and he lived with one I lived with the other and uh, he said wait a minute I got a kid brother that goes to one of those wacky churches. Maybe I ought to give him a call. Maybe a weird church can help me. That's kind of what his thinking was. I told him, I said, you don't even have a brain. You've completely fried your brain. But when he got in the car, because he nearly lost his life to the drugs Something shifted in his mind, in his heart. I'll never, never forget it. Because I, I knew him, but I didn't know him super well because we were raised by different parents. And and so uh, he began to... Think, what am I going to do? And he said, I got in the, in the little Toyota there at the university. I'd been through all this, and I thought, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. Uh, folks, what I'm trying to tell you is that God knows where you are. It may seem impossible, but God knows what's in the darkness of your life. He knows all about it. He knows where you are. You're not hiding it from Anybody? Not that I'm not saying you're trying to hide it. I'm trying to say that no matter what it is that you're that you're fearing, no matter how difficult it may seem to be. God is bigger than the storm. That's all about you. God is here in this place today. You say, "Well, I'm not going to serve God. I'm not going to seek God today." Doesn't make any difference. The Lord is in this place, and He's working a work, and He is allowing all the winds that are swirling about. And all look at our look at our political culture. Look at our religious culture. Look at the spiritual desert that America is walking through. But I got news for you: there's power, wonder-working power, in the name of Jesus. So treatise uh, Now we all have normal names. My oldest brother's Status, and then there was Treatus, and then there was me. I had the only normal name, and that's Talmage. So we had uh, the three brothers, and then the girls came later. But so he gets in the car. And I got. I want to finish this. So he gets in the car, and he thinks, I, I, I know that I'm supposed to pray or something, and so he gets in the car. And he, he says, I got a Bible under this seat somewhere. So he reaches down and he pulls this Bible out that, that's completely mangled. And he's never read it, of course. And so he pulls it out. It's under there. And he said, Lord, this is my life. I got the bruise from the, I, I don't even know what I'm doing with my life. And my kid brother is going to this church where they don't even know what languages they speak. They speak in some languages they don't even know what they are. And, and they're, they're completely cracked. And that's all the religion that I have. That's all I know. is My, my kid brother is going to this cracked church and, and I'm on crack. And, and that's what we got. That's all I got. And he said, I just, I just laid the Bible over to the side. And I said, Lord, if you're real, I need you. And all of a sudden, in a little yellow Toyota, the spirit of God came down. Because he thought he lost his mind. Because I told him so many times he had. And he said, all of a sudden, I began to speak out of my head. He called us on the phone. Uh, Tell me, I, I'm, I'm, I can barely talk English. I'm, I'm talking out of my head. I think, I've, I think I've burst a vessel or whatever. And I said, Well, what are you doing? He said, Well, I can't speak normal. Every time I try to speak, I'm speaking like some other language. And I said, Well, that's not a blood vessel. You, if you burst a blood vessel, you don't speak other languages. I mean, that doesn't work like that. He said, well, what is it? I said, you just got the Holy Ghost after a drug overdose. You just got the real Holy Ghost in your car. And I said, so jump in your car and head down. Because he lived in Michigan and I lived in Arkansas. What I'm trying to tell you is the devil thinks he's got you, but he doesn't have you. Because God knows the darkness about you. And he knows how to draw you where he wants you to be. So the Lord sent them ahead and went alone into the mountain to pray. And he knows what he's doing. Somebody in here today needs to let God be God. You can't tell God. So why? Why did God? Why did God? Why? Why? I'm not saying that you shouldn't ask why. I'm saying you need to let God be God. Ask why. That's perfectly normal. But you cannot tell God how to be God. He knows what he's doing. And if he's up there in the mountain praying, then he's got reason for being up there praying. They had to face the raging winds without Jesus to handle the event for the moment. For he was unseen in their midst. But I want you to listen to me. That did not mean that he was not near them. And many of us today, the Holy Ghost is trying to show you that he can be near you just as near as the mention of his name. Now, you're not believing me, but I'm going to say it again. You need to recognize That you telling God how he should have created and what he should have done and why didn't he do this and why didn't he do that is not the answer. I don't mean you can't wrestle with God and ask tons of questions. You're going to be asking them till you walk down streets of gold. But what you need to do is recognize even if you don't see him, he doesn't seem to appear that he is near you. He has not forsaken you. He is alive and well. And if you trust him, he knows exactly what you need. Praise God. When I first came into church, of course, when I first walked into a Pentecostal church, I thought it was an insane asylum. was my first thought. This is, uh, I went to the wrong place. This is not a church. This is an insane asylum. Of course, I'd never been to any other church, so... I don't know what I was thinking about. But they were singing a song so many years ago. And it was, I, of course, I have no voice at all. Sister French, you did such a great job today. I wish you could sing it. Do you remember the old song? Uh, <laughs> oh, I want to sing it so bad. Just when I need him most. Remember that? Jesus is near. See? I don't know if I'm going to find him. And then all of a sudden I turn around. And there he is. Hallelujah. Just when I need him most. He's right there. I'm talking to someone today. The Holy Ghost has been speaking to your heart. And the devil is trying to tell you. Oh he's way off somewhere. And you don't think he can hear you. But I'm telling you. He's as close as the mention of his name. And it is important. For every saint of God to learn that their Lord and master is always near them. Could you lift your hands and give him praise? Could you thank him for being there in the darkness of your midnight? Hallelujah. I believe I'm speaking today into someone's situation and the storm is raging. Yet the spirit is speaking to your heart. I'm, as, I'm close to your situation my child, I see you in the midst of your storm. I'm feeling this so personally. I'm, I'm having a hard time preaching it, uh, and that tells me that the Lord is working in this place today. So now, allow me to backtrack a bit. Um, we must all face the tossing of the waves. And I know that we don't want to. I understand. (laughs) We don't want to face it. We don't think we can face it. And the to and fro of the bluster of the world all about us. This world is absolutely in a frenzy. The waves are tossing all about, but the old ship of Zion is in good hands. Don't think for a minute that he doesn't know where he has sent you. It may seem at times that you are forgotten, and you wonder, why, Lord, how can I survive this? Now, there is another aspect, and I'm preaching. I'm, I'll, give me a little time here. There's another aspect here to this midnight storm that I want to uh, reference and uh, this uh, story of Matthew 14, it's in every, of course, every gospel, but we're only reading here in Matthew. In the midst of such fury and wind and fear, and uh, it, unless you have never been in an actual, okay, I'm going to slow down. Some people are afraid of water, okay? Some people, and, and even if they weren't, if the water was coming over you and about to sink your ship or knocking your ship to shreds or whatever it does to it, uh, unless you have been in that. So you may never realize just what a petrifying moment this could be. But so the wind and the waves, the fury, uh, the, the water. See, the reason maybe I have to spell this out. If you go underwater. Underwater. How many knows you can't breathe under there? Okay, I just wanted to be sure. Uh, you can't breathe underwater. Now, you, if you had a, the equipment, I mean, you could survive and so on. But I'm talking about just you're up there, and then all of a sudden it throws you into the water. Uh, <clears throat> so it petrifies people. Some people, like, for example, I have this inexplicable, oh, Lord, why do I have to tell this? Um, I have this thing about really, really being really, really high. It's called being afraid of heights. <laughs> And I'm a little bit over it, a little bit. Uh, used to be when I fly, I would ask the guy next to me, are you going to use your seatbelt? And then I would use his seatbelt too. I mean, that I don't do that anymore at least. And uh, But I still have this thing like if I'm in a really, really high, like if you've, uh, you know what I mean, really tall, tall, tall building. If I'm in it, it's okay. But I mean, if I'm like on an edge and I'm looking down, I have this thing, I just, I tell myself, you have got to get over that. You can step over there. I was with someone at the CN were we together when I was at the CN? And and the, the it's got a glass, it's the tallest freestanding building in the world. Or was when I was there. And and the floor at the top is made of glass. I said, who's the dumbbell? I mean I didn't say it that. Wait, wait a minute. I didn't say that. Um, I'm jet lagged, sister French, I'm jet lagged. Um <clears throat> I don't think I said that. I said, um, why in the world is this glass? Why is this glass? And they said, oh, it's two feet thick. I said, I don't care if it's a mile thick. I'm not walking on it. Because when you walk, you could look down and it was like the people were little ants down there. I was petrified. And they said, it's all in your head. (laughs) So. If you've been in this situation, then you understand the fear. And the Bible tells us that in this aspect of the story, come on, give me another second here, that the disciples. In the midst of all the confusion and. That they could not recognize. He came walking. I mean. So they basically thought it was a ghost. That's the end of the story, but. Uh, They they thought, oh, my goodness, someone's coming up. They didn't realize or recognize that it was Jesus. He was walking on the water. But see, God knew exactly what he was doing. And the disciples were in the midst of a circumstance in which they could not make out the Lord. And I believe today there are many, many, many people who need an answer, but they can't make out the truth they can't see what it really is that they need they hear something they know they say they kind of have an idea and and maybe in the back of their mind the devil's telling them well you know everybody's got their little thing and and it, it, it's probably just uh, in their heads anyway And so our circumstances become so dire and so dark. Someone might say, well, you don't know the kind of life I'm living or you don't know what I'm facing. And that that may be true. I don't know. But I will tell you this. There's somebody who does know. And the problem is so many people are unable to recognize him when he comes into their presence. We have never been so desperate in the midst of the midnight hour and we've never seen Jesus in such a aspect of our own lives so that we can't recognize it. Now, we'd recognize it if we came to church and there was a cross behind us. But when all of a sudden in the midst of your darkest moment, the presence of God steps in, you are simply unable to make it out. So I want to speak to someone right here, right now. Just because it may be your darkest hour and it seems impossible that a solution is available, you need to believe that God can step in to your situation. Someone said, why walk upon the water? There was no reason. There was no reason except to Demonstrate that there is nothing in this universe that can stop the God that made the universe. He can walk on the water. He can take care of the situation. There was no other reason. And so my... The point to you today is do not give up. You may not recognize it or understand it. Draw encouragement from the disciples. They saw him walking on the water, but it frightened them. And so many others are frightened by what God is doing in their midst. But I say today, if you will listen, you will hear the voice of God. And they heard Jesus say, be not afraid and then they realized as you will that jesus knew all about it he was there you say i don't like preachers that cry and i don't like churches that are loud and i don't like all blah 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 well it may be but there comes a point where you have to say is my situation such that i need to reach out to the answer or go it alone and far too many people going it alone we got our second call just before i went to the philippines a girl we baptized a few a little bit ago i won't say exactly when i don't have the date in front of me i remember putting her down in water i remember her hunger for god but i would have never thought that just a few months later someone would walk into her place of employment and pull out a gun and shoot her dead right in her office Church, I want to tell you something. If you think this world is a play field and that this is just fun and games, just a pipe to smoke and and something to make you feel good, then you will never be delivered from it. But if you are in your darkest moment and you do not know where to turn, I'm telling you today, listen to the voice. Jesus, he's talking to you. He's calling you in the midst of your darkest moment to trust him. Could we stand together across this building? We're going to pray and we're going to ask the Lord. And musicians, come ahead. We're going we're to come to the altar. Now, saints of God, you always come. Visitors, I want you to feel comfortable. We're not going to do anything that, that is, uh, gets in your space. But I would recommend today that you step out in the midst of what is going on in your life. Because as soon as you take a step, Jesus is going to meet you right there. Maybe waves splashing and darkness everywhere. That doesn't mean he doesn't know where you are. He knows exactly where you are. You just take your step. And one of the best places you could go, hundreds and thousands of people have received the Holy Ghost in this altar and in this house. And this would be a tremendous place for you to bow your head and to lift your voice. Jesus said, be not afraid. I am the master of your storm. Could we bow our heads together? Heavenly Father, right now, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice and I pray for anointing to come down upon each one, Lord, and meet every need and I ask it in Jesus' name. Saints, we're going to come. I wonder if you could gather with me. We're going to dismiss from around the front and as they come, Sister French, what are we singing here? Oh, do you know it? Oh, yes. Yes. He's Jesus Jesus in my vessel. Oh, I want you to gather. Get as close as you can. We're going to pray together. I want to pray a special prayer for you today. Come on, come ahead and trust him in the midst of your storm. He's going to walk right into your storm. Oh. Yes, he will. Oh, he's an anchor. He's an anchor and a rock to build your faith upon. Oh, yes. He rides in my vessel. Oh, yes. Now, I want you to lift your hands all across this building. and Let's ask God to take care of some storms in somebody's life right now. Father, I pray that's it. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Now lift that other hand. And why don't you just talk to Jesus, Father, right now. Lord, today is the day that we're stepping out by faith. Because you are in the midst of our darkness.